Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 4, Episode 12 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. Pea Soupers, we're back! And I'm so happy to be speaking into my trusty microphone once more, with a blanket on my head for acoustic purposes, from our new location in Malaga in Spain. I've got so much to tell you, and I thought what might be fun, forward slash interesting, in this episode is to talk a little about the move to Spain, the biggest change project of our lives. And I've called this episode Seven Weeks Deep. You might imagine from my social media posts that it's all been sun, cerveza and castanets. And don't get me wrong, we're loving the settling in process. But I thought it might be more human and real to reveal some of the multitude of stuff my anxious mind has been generating over the last few months. Luckily, I have a range of skills to help me get some space between me and the contents of my mind. But I still do get tangled up from time to time. So this episode is a bit of a catch-up and a look forward, and it's also sponsored by McGaza Industries, and there'll be more about that later. People Soup is an award-winning podcast where we share evidence-based behavioural science in a way that's practical, accessible and fun to nourish your mind to flourish at work. Let's take a quick scoot over to the news desk. Let's look forward to our next episode, which is a corker. It's been safely stored on my laptop for weeks now, and it's a conversation with two tremendous chaps, Nick Hooper and Duncan Gillard. I've also got some other fabulous guests lined up, and more will be revealed over the next few weeks. For now, get a brew on and have a listen to my reflections, seven weeks deep. So, Supers, I thought I'd start by sharing some of the content my mind has been generating over the last few weeks. And I invite you just to have a listen to this and imagine what it would be like getting tangled up with this. Or imagine what you might do or not do if you were tangled up with these thoughts. What if our boxes are too heavy for the removal company? What if I've not followed the correct instructions? What if it's raining on removal day and all our boxes get really wet before they're sealed in a lorry for weeks? What if we're not finished packing by the time the removal people arrive? What if they can't get everything on the lorry? Have we filled in the right forms to enter Spain? How does the customs duty process work for the entry of our goods into Spain? We haven't actually seen the flat that we've rented in real life. What if we don't like it? What if the neighbours are awful? What if it's in a dodgy area? I haven't devoted much time to improving my Spanish language skills over the last few months. That's a missed opportunity. I'll really miss my friends and family. Especially Dad. I'll really miss Basil and Fiona. What if our flights are cancelled and then we can't rebook it because of Covid? What the heck were we thinking to move countries in the midst of a pandemic and after Brexit? What if I can't find a decent Wi-Fi signal to deliver a workshop the day after we arrive in Spain? What if our belongings arrive all broken and damaged? P-Supers, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you an important update from Gaza Industries. I thought it would be a great time to update you on my project with Annie Gascoigne, Flexibility at Work. We're sharing our expertise and experience of using contextual behavioural science with organisations to support more people, teams 
and the organizations themselves. So let's listen in to a chat I had with Annie a few weeks ago. Hi, Annie. Hi, Ross. This is exciting being back on a podcast. Yeah, and we're giving a glimpse into our weekly meetings where we talk about what we're noticing in organizations and leaders because we think things are changing so quickly in the world of work, particularly post-COVID and many, many other things going on. So let's just start the ball rolling, Annie. What, what are we noticing? Mm, I think one of the big conversations is going back to work, not back to work, hybrid, all of that kind of stuff. What the, the questions around that that still seem to be so up in the air. Mm, and that return to the office or hybrid working and trying to develop policy around that seems to be a bit of a poisoned chalice it's satisfying everyone because some people will have loved this extended period where perhaps they've been working at home uh, permanently or quite regularly and some people will have not enjoyed it at all there's anxiety around all of that yeah it, it feels like it's such an individual thing doesn't it there's there's seeing on social media the cheering of going back into the office of meeting up with colleagues you know for me this week I saw people face to face who I've only ever met online and there was such a delight in being able to have that contact with mm. them and yet being back in the office five days a week I think for others or for many of us also feels quite a daunting prospect in a way mm. and, and it's the thought of for many people it might be the thought of the commute the commute of being in close contact with other human beings and all we're hearing on the news is booster jabs, flu jabs. I don't know about everyone, but I think many people can get quite tangled up in all of that and feel quite anxious about the actual getting to an office. Yeah, the interesting thing is the flip side of that is that I've heard people talk about getting back to the commute, cycling into work and the exercise that that automatically brings mm. that has used to be a positive for them and they're now seeing as a positive coming back into their lives. I just find that there's there seems to be a counter argument for all of these situations. Mm. Uh, I think that's so challenging for organizations to manage just as you were saying how do you create a policy around that yeah and it's kind of developing different camps I guess we, we know how these develop quite quickly in a workplace or in any group and that that can be quite impactful quite quickly so it's complex I think it's exhausting yeah. and the world of work is a different place now and this is on top of a whole load of other issues that organizations are having to manage. We're hearing about supply chain issues, fuel crisis stuff, wage increases that should be encouraged, shouldn't be encouraged. Mm, so much uncertainty and ambiguity and potential threat on the horizon. Blimey, it's a bogger's model. It is. And what strikes me is this: this is on top of the normal day-to-day -day elements of running a business, of actually producing the product or delivering the service, of how people interact and relate just in a normal workday situation. Mm, just thinking of one example, having meetings where half the meetings in a room physical room together and the other half of the meeting is joining on a video platform how's that going to work if it happens smoothly isn't that brilliant and yet i can see how alienating that could be for some people how complex that 
could be in terms of the relationships. I'll tell you what, listen to this seamless segue, Annie. <laughs> Blimey, organisations need to really cultivate their own flexibility to respond to these different events and also seek to enhance the capacity of their people to be flexible in the response of a changing environment and new stuff. Do you know anywhere where people can go and find such support and assistance for us? <laughs> well, Dr. Annie Gascoigne, I'm so glad you asked because yes, we have our Flexibility at Work programme, which is underway. Module one, we've just done session five of module one. It's it's an eight session module. And let's just talk about modules two, three, and four, and how we think they apply to the complex, crazy world we find ourselves in. So, so we kick off with module two. That mm. one's about how we can help support our HR people, our trainers and facilitators in organisations to support their people in their own flexibility. So how are individual employees in the workplace enabled in navigating these challenges for themselves? It's like kind of pressing pause and helping them consider how they want to show up in relation to these challenges. And we know that we can cultivate these skills in individuals on a group basis, and it's evidence-based. It's got a really strong evidence base behind it. So why wouldn't people want to incorporate this into their plans for returning to work to, to practically cultivate some evidence-based skills for their people to respond flexibly to the ongoing challenges they're going to face? We now have experience this has being taught online, as well as in the past face-to-face. -face. So in organisations, there's the flexibility of that. For, for our training for Module 2, that is going to be online. Um, but knowing that the, the training can be delivered in organisations in both ways, I think is quite useful for people to know about. And we, we're empowering those potential facilitators with the stance, the skills to deliver this, drawing upon our, frankly, vast experience of delivering this virtually and in person to really have the best chance of cultivating these skills. And it's not just about the individuals in organizations is it it's it's also about thinking about the organization as a whole how it functions in a flexible way so trying to deal with what are the policies and procedures and the structures how can those be set up in a way that is flexible in the context of that specific organization in a way that responds to the the environment that it finds itself in and this really speaks to module three how yeah. can we encourage everyone to notice and understand that there's different perspectives around the table around an organization and how we can create those conditions for collaboration cooperation in the service of that organizational purpose yeah absolutely and being able to also hit the pause button there and notice and that isn't hitting the pause button in the whole organization comes to a standstill but in terms of individuals leaders being able to notice what's happening and what their choices are in in this and each moment and this module is a blend of the pro-social approach and your work on organizational flexibility building on your phd research yeah we see them as being so coherent and complementary with each other they work together so well and it feels great to be able to bring both of these lenses together in this module mm. and so for organizations to really embrace this we also need to be supporting their leaders and that's what module four is all about helping leaders in how they show up for themselves in how they support their people in showing up for themselves 
and in line with the organization's purpose. There's quite a lot on our leaders' shoulders. The leaders we've been speaking to across the last 18 months or so have really felt the burden of the responsibility for their people and their well-being and how they're coping with an unprecedented crisis. And that can be exhausting for leaders. So this is where we really believe that contextual behavioral science has a lot to offer a leader in responding flexibly to new challenges And as best they can, being the leader they want to be in a whole variety of different circumstances in which they find themselves. We're really looking forward to delivering these modules. Last year, we had a a similar program. We saw leaders themselves. We saw HR. We saw trainers, facilitators, coaches, all kinds of people enthusiastic about helping their organisations. We're really looking forward to engaging with people who are wanting the same this year. There you have it, folks. You can find a link to find out more about the three remaining modules at bookwen.com forward slash flexibility at work. That address again, folks, that's bookwen.com forward slash flexibility at work. And you'll also find that in the show notes for this episode. Other things you need to know? The early bird discount for Module 2, Train the Trainer, is only available until Monday the 8th of November. So get your skates on. And if you grab modules 2, 3 and 4, there's an automatic discount of 10%. And finally, on the show notes, you'll find a form to complete to win, yes, win, folks, a free place on either module 3 or module 4. Your choice. So after all that excitement, let's return to me sharing a list of the stuff my mind has generated over El Camino, the greatest change project of our lives. Let's see where I'm up to in that list of worries. What if the lift doesn't work when they arrive with our stuff? What if we can't reserve parking outside the building for the removal lorry? What if people stop asking me to deliver virtual work? What if the authorities don't approve my residency application? What if all of this was a ridiculous idea? I've never lived in another country. Maybe I'm too old. What if all my UK work dries up and people forget me? What if we get ill and we're not covered? P-supers, you can see how much content my mind generated and also see how much of a worrying mind I have. I worried a lot. Will the garden grow? Will the rivers flow in the right direction? Will the earth turn as it was taught? And if not, how shall I correct it? Was I right? Was I wrong? Will I be forgiven? Can I do better? Will I ever be able to sing? Even the sparrows can do it, and I am, well, hopeless. Is my eyesight fading, or am I just imagining it? Am I going to get rheumatism, lockjaw, dementia? Finally, I saw that worrying had come to nothing, and gave it up, and took my old body and went out into the morning and sang. And that, my friends, is such a beautiful poem by Mary Oliver called I Worried. And I've been reading it daily over the last few weeks. It's really helped me position myself for the day and get some perspective. There are some other things I've found helpful. When I spot that I'm getting tangled up in the stream of content from my mind, I find it really useful to notice what's around me. In particular for me, I notice what I can see, what I can hear, and what I can touch. 
This really helps me connect with now in the present moment, which is tremendously useful when I'm getting tangled up. When I spot my unhelpful content, I like to imagine pressing a big pause button and ask myself, is it helpful? Is this content helpful to me right now? Because what does this do? This helps me notice what's going on and how I'm on the brink of getting tangled up in some catastrophic scenario. It also helps me reconnect with my values, which are evolving for this move, for this, for this chapter of El Camino. And those values include adventure, curiosity, gratitude and health. And what I find is if I can look at events through the lens of these values, it really helps me get some perspective and reconnect with what's important. And finally, a phrase. And that phrase is, I've got my own back. I've got my own back. This is a phrase that has been so helpful for me. My coach, Priscilla Almada, used this phrase in a session a couple of months ago, before the big move. And it helps me to build my confidence and know that when unexpected events happen, which they always do, I often feel like life is a bit like tales of the unexpected, that I can handle it. This phrase, I've got my own back, is something I've found supremely useful. So folks, it's been quite the roller coaster. There have been times when I got caught up in the compelling content from my mind, and also times when I've noticed what's going on. Do you have a go-to technique? If so, I'd love to hear what works for you. You see, the thing is, folks, although these techniques have been really useful to me in a personal change project, they can also be really helpful when we're facing change in any area of life, whether it's work, whether it's a large change project in organizations, or whether it's something personal in your life. So that's why I'm sharing them with you, P-Supers. So, folks, that's it for this week. If you like this episode of the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioral science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, follow, rating, or review are also very much appreciated. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk. And this includes links to a few different platforms. I love to hear from you, particularly as I'm now in foreign climes. You can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, at people.soup. And on Facebook, we are at People Soup Pod. Thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and Alex Engelberg for his vocals. And most of all, thanks to you, dear listener. Look after yourselves, pea supers, and bye for now. Do <laughs> <laughs>